Voltaire Society of Reason. Helping to bridge the cultural divide. Today's topic, Texas and the Ten Commandments. For sure, as far as the U.S. for me, is uh, Tucker Carlson uh, getting fired. Yeah, in terms of both a media story and a political story. Yeah. That has large ramifications for, A, the most popular, most watched news channel in America, as well as what was one of... if not the most viewed primetime news opinion shows in the nation. Yeah, and, be, and because you're more of an expert on this being in the political realm, um, <clears throat> so what what do you think will ultimately be the repercussions of it? Do you? I know we were talking about this before, but do you really think this is going to make an impact on the, um, the social division that's in America? Is it going to really make any difference? It can make a difference. It's like we were talking about before, where in terms of undoing the damage of the previous years from the decay of democratic institutions to just more social politeness and our ability to debate issues rationally, Fox News in particular, Tucker Carlson was one of the big driving forces behind the dumbing down of our politics as well as the demonization of the other side. And with him gone, it presents Fox an opportunity to replace him with somebody more rational, more courteous to the other side. It's more a case of, A, a business decision from Fox to kind of crunch the numbers and decide that that's what they want to do and then also market it essentially in a way that people are going to continue to tune in and slowly over time change their mentality into the the type of media that they want to watch and to have that in some way no matter how big or small adopt that change of media consumption and have that shift over into their kind of daily political discourse and attitudes. Yeah, you, you, you like to think that's what's going to happen for sure. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it, in, in my mind, it, mm-hmm. you, you think, is this just a ploy by Fox for a while? It kind, it kind of reminds me, once again, like we were talking about the other night, about the film On, On the Waterfront, where he... They said, well, we're going to just lay low for a while now. We're law-abiding citizens until, um, you know, this all clears, and then they're going to go right back to what they were doing before. We're a law-abiding union. Understand? But I I think uh, you pointed that out, that they got to know if they did do something like that, that the same thing's going to happen. I mean, they're going to be held accountable, lawsuits. So it makes you wonder if they would do that. Well, and at the end of the day, 
Fox News is a division of a bigger corporation, the Fox Corporation. So all of these guys at the top from all their different divisions want to say, well, are going to say, well, we don't want to lose hundreds of millions, billions of dollars in paying out defamation settlements. So they're going to have to make some sort of change calculation to determine, is this really where we want to spend money? And if it's not, then they're going to have to change the personnel first, which is what they've done with Tucker Carlson. And then they have to change their, essentially their programming strategy. Because it's not just Tucker Carlson. He is the most famous of the opinion late night hosts. But with Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, they can't just have one hour during the night and being more rational and then following that up with two, three hours of nonsense. Because that's just going to get washed away. Yeah. So it's a broader strategy that they're going to have to adapt because they have they have other lawsuits and everything and these lawsuits aren't based on what they're doing right now it's based on what they did 3 years ago essentially and right. that's going to be very difficult to wash away whatever whatever small maybe little uh bits of petty they can get from a jury if smartmatic truly does take their defamation case to trial Whatever they get isn't going to result in them being innocent, probably, at the end of the day. They might get a a couple million chalked off just because, you know, this is like a prisoner uh, applying for parole on good behavior and everything. It doesn't mean that they didn't commit the crime. It just means that they've been behaving themselves over the last couple of months. The Fox, they've got a lot of problems, but I think they're, they're taking, they're sitting down in the rooms, the boardrooms, with the numbers, with the probabilities of all of these things happening, and they're making what they consider to be a strategic decision. And with Carlson gone, we don't know really what that's going to mean for their programming. They've gotten rid of the face, but have they really changed the messaging? We'll see what that over the next couple of days and weeks, really. Yeah, all, all I know is I got two images in my head. You know, the one... Uh uh, Saturday Night Live with Chris Rock. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, the show was Nat X. Remember he, the the clown. I don't remember what the uh, clown's name was, but he brought him out with the broom. And uh, I got that <laughs> image of him coming yeah. out and uh, sweeping uh, Tark, Tucker Carlson out. <laughs> so yep, I'm, I'm just yep. exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. Um, which uh, yeah. Oh. Despite everything else, him being gone is for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Go go, uh, hang out with uh, his pal Alex Jones and get off the uh, mm-hmm. mainstream. Wherever he's hiding away. Yeah, so I'm happy mm-hmm. about that. All right, so moving on. Yep. Uh, I guess we'll uh, stick with... Uh, stay, stay in the United States for right now and talk a little bit about this... Uh, Texas situation where they're uh, passing uh, the law to have the Ten Commandments placed in public schools and uh, the issues behind that so uh, give a little bit of the feedback on that so this news broke a couple of days ago on this last Saturday in the Texas Senate passing a bill requiring each public school classroom to display a copy of the Ten Commandments 
which civil liberty groups and advocates quickly criticized as essentially being unfair to other religions. And the sponsor of the bill, State Senator Phil King, who is a Republican, passed or uh, sponsored Senate Bill 1515, which states in its own words that the Ten Commandments be displayed in a conspicuous place in each classroom in a size and typeface that is legible to a person with average vision from anywhere in the classroom, which is just a long way of saying we want everybody to see the Ten Commandments when they go to school. And so it's like we've talked about before. This is not the first time that there's been a push for the Ten Commandments to be displayed in public schools. And the arguments from these Texas politicians isn't very different from what we've heard from other states and other politicians in the past with quotes saying that it's just making sure that Texans have the right to freely express their sincerely held religious beliefs and essentially that displaying the Ten Commandments and having a more religious presence within schools is essentially going to make people better citizens because yeah. they'll have a more of a spiritual connection at an earlier stage in their life and that you can bring religion or you can encompass a child's life in religion even in a more multidimensional way, not just at home, not just in a church, but also at school where they are for eight hours, five days a week and at a very important period in their development. So it's... It's it's a very controversial topic that's once again being brought up this time in the state of Texas. In in this uh, policy, they're framing it particularly as religion, right? They're not using the term Christian in this. No, no, they've been very careful. Uh, for example, the lieutenant governor of Texas, Dan Patrick, his quotes simply say. And I'll quote him directly here. Allow, quote, allowing the Ten Commandments and prayer back into our public schools is one step we can take to make sure that all Texas have the right to freely express their sincerely held religious beliefs. Bringing the Ten Commandments and prayer back to our public schools will enable our students to become better Texans. Yeah, okay. If you're, if you're referring to religion, you're, then, it, then this is clearly not representing all religion. Because if, if you're going to do that, and we mm -hmm. talked about this, you should include all the major religions. And that, and that includes the Church of Satan, because that, that is religious entity yep. in this country as well. So this is clearly showing um, bias, favoritism, and that's not upholding uh, the First Amendment. If and mm -hmm. when, like we know, this will go up to the Supreme Court, I don't know how they could uh, uphold that. And mind you, this is also uh, Senate Bill 1515 is also, it's kind of a double package with Senate Bill 1396, which also passed in the Texas Senate, if I'm not mistaken, on the same day, which is a more explicit bill towards Christianity because it says or it permits or requires schools to allow time for students and employees to pray and read the Bible 
on each school day. Right. Or for its exact caption text from the Texas Capitol's website, it'll say, relating to a period of prayer and reading of the Bible, and then they say, or other religious text in public schools. Yeah, But yeah. they make clear to say the Bible first, and then they kind of just throw in or other religious text after the fact. To make it appear there's this semblance of equality. And how does uh, the First Amendment state it how you know, we're supposed to view re- religion in this country? It's simply that Congress can't make a law favoring one religion over the other. And there you go. And so if you really want it... If you really wanted to get into the weeds of it and everything, just that little caption that I read could technically, if you wanted to get into the technicalities of this, already favor Christianity. Because why wouldn't you just say reading of religious texts? Why do you say of the Bible or other religious texts? Right. Because Uh, at that point, you might as well list all of the other holy books in the world to be equal. Yeah, and, and, and given the state of the Supreme Court, the nuts that are in there right now, they I mean, they would probably uphold that. Um, but me and you were talking earlier about how other elements can come into play here uh, that could possibly deter them upholding that, and that was how? Well, simply by other religious organizations pushing for bills or suing to have their religious texts displayed in the same manner as the Ten Commandments in school. Yeah. <laughs> um. just, every, just every single religion, every single uh, religious advocacy group in the state of Texas, no matter how big, no matter how small, every single one of them appealed to the Texas Senate to say, well, we are just as legitimate and equal as the Ten Commandments, so we should have an equally sized poster in the classroom, in every single classroom in Texas public schools. Yeah, for example, you were talking about Islam and the uh, five pillars. Yeah, the five pillars of Islam. Which yeah. is essentially just uh, the the equivalent of the Ten Commandments of Christianity. Why not? Why not? If we're going to start putting religious texts in, go all the way and be equal as the First Amendment of the Constitution says. Yeah, I mean, because philosophically, if if you're doing this to to help build morale in this country and everything, philosophically, there's a there's a lot of sound philosophy in all the major religions. So if you're if you're trying to mm-hmm. do this strictly out of trying to build moral character in your community, then you gotta you, you should take things in from all religion and not just religion from philosophy in general. Mm-hmm. Because to the point of the lieutenant governor saying that this is going to make Texans better Texans, essentially. Well, part of being a better Texan and working and living in a way that's optimal to Texan society is understanding and being able to recognize that people are different from you. And so there are Muslims in Texas, there are Buddhists, there are 
uh, Satanists and all the and every religion in between. So you better become aware of them, so that way you can best understand them and help your help your neighborhood and help your state. On, on the conservative side, they'll argue that this nation, how, how you say, or the foundation has been Christianity. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of Christians that did come over here, um, but. And I, I don't know the history behind that. I, I never really thought about that before as far as um, when did uh, like a first Islamic uh, migration even happen over in America? I don't know. That's a bit of history. That's a little <laughs> I never really thought about that before. I am struggling to remember um, the name of the only majority Muslim city in America. I think it's in Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Michigan, Hamtramck. In 2013, it became the first Muslim-majority American city. I don't know much of the history behind Hamtramck, but I find it rather interesting that of all places in Michigan that Islam kind of just found a home and all of that it's actually a suburb or a, a part of detroit yeah and the, and the point is is that america is supposed to represent the melting pot nation of tolerance and, and this law that texas is trying to pass is definitely not what america stands for or should stand for no it's definitely disrespectful to the precedent that America has largely adhered to through its history. And doing a little bit of real-time research into um, Muslim immigration in America, the a lot of historians that kind of looked at the spread of Islam throughout the world, especially in the second half of um, kind of American colonialism and all that, it goes on to say, historians argue that Muslims first arrived in the Americas in the early 16th century in what is now New Mexico and Arizona. So right on Texas's doorstep, oh. they yeah. had some of the first Muslim immigrants right across the, the state line in the deserts. Although immigrants is not, not the correct word, as it goes on to say, all analysts agree that the first large population of Muslims consisted of African slaves. So it was an import for all of those um, right-wing um, religious fanatics that complain about the Muslims invading the country. No, actually, it was the early colonists that actually brought the Muslims in. And so we have them originally as a legacy of slavery in this country. Yeah, and now, and now they're basically trying to do what, what they were trying to do back then is to convert them over to, just like they did with Native Americans in this country, convert them over to, to being Christians. You know, it's rather interesting that you say that. As the next one I was going to say is most slaves who tried to maintain Islamic religious practices after their arrival were forcibly converted to Christianity. Right. So, which, of course, another example of uh, European colonists in, in from all sorts of different countries, from Spain to England to France, trying to develop some sort of so social uniformity in a religious right. uh, it, context. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, you you would think by now this country would would be out of that that mentality. Unfortunately, it's it's crazy where we are today compared to where the country was 150 years ago. And and like I like I always argue it's it's because our our education system is so poor. Yeah, and it's one of those things where the display of the Ten Commandments in a school is not the same as somebody hitting a kid over the head repeatedly until the kid accepts Christianity. But it is a leading suggestion all of the time if every single classroom that a kid goes in, essentially, that the Ten Commandments and the religion that it's tied into is legitimate or is the only legitimate religion. Because when you go into, for example, a a science classroom, your biology classroom, at least when I was in high school, you go in and you have, or school in general, you have your posters of the amoeba or a cell or something like that. Things that are inherently legitimate because we've proven them repeatedly over time and through multiple means of researching. And then if you have the Ten Commandments right next to things that we have proven to be objectively legitimate and real, and the Ten Commandments is the only religious scripture there, then it promotes it, it elevates it to another level of legitimacy. And so for children that are young, because this is just public schools, so this is first graders as well as 12th graders. If they're in a Muslim family or a Hindu family, they're looking at this and they become confused. And so for Christian fanatics in this country that think that, well, the only way that America is going to be truly restored is with the widespread adoption of Christianity, they hope to seize on that confusion within children and convert them over to Christianity. So it is, it's not exactly forced religious conversion, but it is very much a strong leading kind of push in the back to get them to go towards Christianity. And that is very dangerous when you have young, impressionable children that should be able to find their own way in the world to a certain extent. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of Ice-T's freedom of speech. What he says in that song, freedom of speech, just watch what you say. It's the same principle here. It's just like, oh yeah, you can come to America and believe how you want to believe, but watch how you believe. Because saying, well, this mm-hmm. is a Christian nation. Well, no. That's not you're telling us one thing, and you're doing another. It's it's a major contradiction. But real quick before we get off this topic, I wanna I want to do because they're doing this to help build the moral character of their state, and they're probably thinking on on a on a, a nation a national level as well. But I want to do a quick comparison between the first uh, four commandments of the Bible. And the, the first four commandments laid out by the temple of Satan. And, and compare which one do you think <laughs> okay. b- would build better moral character in America? Okay, let's have a little social experiment. Okay. So we have the Ten Commandments and the Satanic Temple's Seven Fundamental Tenets. Okay. And so we'll 
I guess we'll start with the uh, the Christian version since they're the ones that want to start this debate in the first place. So, okay. number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. <laughs> it's like, what does that got to do with the price of tea in China here? <laughs> you know what I mean? And these are these are essentially the building blocks for society. These yeah. rules, <laughs> okay. mind you. Number two, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Ah, uh, okay. Which is just fancy words for you know, don't disrespect me. Yeah. Number three, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Okay. So don't dis don't disrespect God and chill out on one day of the week. So from the Christian perspective, these four these initial four commandments, because the later commandments, okay, a lot of people could agree, thou shalt not kill, which we could reframe that as, you know, don't murder, don't steal, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. I I can buy into all that, but starting with these first four commandments, holy cow. I mean, that it, it, you're, you're, there's so many other topics. It'd be if a Christian God, you would think, being a holy God, would be more concerned with like racism and and so on and so forth. But instead, they allow these first four commandments mm-hmm. to to appease the God's ego. The way I see it, <laughs> or. Or, as the Christians would say, because I just searched the Ten Commandments on the internet, and the first search result was from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. And as they explain the first commandment, their explanation is, God wants what is best for you. If you put something else before him in your life, it's harder for him to bless you. So, <laughs> Essentially, it's it's a transactional relationship between you and God. Yeah, I'm number one. I'm number one. I'm number one. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think uh, <laughs> that's how it works. But anyways, uh, let's go to uh, the Satanic Temple and what they lay out. The Satanic Temple. This and they only need seven apparently instead of ten. They they've yeah. condensed it. There's only seven rules to society. So. Number one, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Yeah. Number two, the struggle for justice isn't... Yeah, what a concept. Yeah. Number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Right. Okay. Number three... One's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. And number four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Yeah. Holy cow. Those are some uh, powerful... So a bit of a, a bit of a different tone. Yeah. You're talking about concern for the community uh, I, I wish we could do a survey here and, and, and get people to weigh out which four would be more um, universally helpful yeah to the to building the moral character of your community mm-hmm 
<laughs> yep. And even even uh, their last tenants in their terms is rather relevant to this topic that we're discussing, where they say every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The yeah. spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. So, in, in other words, morality isn't simply derived from a simple sentence that just happened to be in a book from whoever, whenever. Yeah, and the, 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 church, the temple of Satan, I don't know so, so much about the, the church of Satan, but the temple of Satan, they don't actually believe in a, a, a physical character Satan. They don't actually, they, they think it's more symbolic or a, a symbolic to standing against tyranny. That's that's the way they mm-hmm. use um, or referring to Satan. So when people say, "Oh, they're they're Satanists," you know, they they believe in the devil. Nah, that's if if they once again you go on to read in to what they actually stand for and what they actually do. It's um, it's it's not like that at all. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know anything. Specifically about the actual churches, saying I did read about them before, but they actually believe in a a, a Satan entity. So, mm-hmm. but as far as the temple of Satan and, and what they lay out, I think their um, their tenants definitely would be far more constructive to, for building the moral yeah. character of a state or community. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, in a free country that America is supposed to be, where there is supposed to be freedom of religion and expression, these commandments or tenets are supposed to be able to reach across the religious lines to be able to convince people of other faiths to act in a way that is universally good for everybody. And so for the Christian Ten Commandments to spend three of the ten essentially just talking about the Christian God is the only God that can never be disrespected and must always be remembered. Well, that's not ex- those aren't exactly universal commandments that aren't going to really app- there's no cro- there's no outreach to those commandments that's going to help move society forward. Yeah, if if anything I think what what this country, I believe personally, stands for is is a t- nation of tolerance where anybody should be able to come here and practice any religion they choose without having to be persecuted, because are are forced to believe something else that that they don't want to. And this is clearly a violation of personal rights. Um, what they're pushing here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and it's there's not there's not enough time to go through all of the different Supreme Court cases and other legal actions that have happened over the the course of American history concerning religious liberties. But this is one of those issues that has been debated and fought over in this country for practically its entire existence, even going to the colonial periods when 
the Quakers would go into Pennsylvania and then you would get a different faction of Christianity. The Puritans would go into some region of New England, modern-day New England. And then you would have this group here, this group there, slaves of different religions brought in and shaping a country to have some sort of common understanding about where religion fits into society. And so for the Texas Senate, which is obviously one of the biggest states in this country, and to once again try to rip up the rather fragile understanding, or at least agreement, that most of us have come to understand that you can have your religion, but let's all kind of respect our differences. And for them to just, once again, fire up the debate is highly irresponsible, and we'll see where it goes in terms of legal action, because that's a whole separate issue. Yeah, the, the only thing that, that should be happening in this country, first of all, you need a clear separation of church and state. The state... There, there's so many far more pressing issues besides having to worry about placing the Ten Commandments in the school. Like, for example, gun gun reform. I mean, far more, and particularly in Texas, after with the horrific shootings that have happened in there. But instead, the in and they, there's probably some politicians making that argument. Oh, well, this is a way that we can help combat uh, gun violence by building the moral character of our state no no that's not in fact i think it's counterproductive in those four commandments that we just read there's nothing in there that that is concerned about helping to bridge the cultural divide to to bring families Mm -hmm. close closer together it it doesn't and that's what really makes this frustrating at the end of the day is that this country, like most of the world, is facing really big problems. And the more time that we spend on more irrelevant issues compared to others is, without stating the obvious, taking time away from more important issues. Right. And taking energy, using up energy, that could be used on those more important issues. 